Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking about the power of affirmation as it relates to learning to become spiritual parents. Our theme passage is 1 Corinthians chapter 4 where, write, where Paul writes to the Corinthians in verse 15 and he says you might have 10,000 instructors or teachers in Christ but you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you, brought you to birth through the gospel. Therefore I urge you imitate me. I want you to become a spiritual parent. For this reason, I've sent Timothy to you, my own beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ. We talked about how one of the qualifications of spiritual parenting had to do in the context with Paul's pain. People listened to him because of what he'd been through. Many of us somehow believe that in order to be a qualified spiritual father or mother, we have to get everything right. We have to know all the answers. And in fact, just the opposite is true. Sometimes what attracts you most to those who will look to you as a spiritual parent is the fact that you don't know everything. And there are times when you don't know what to do. It's not whether or not you know the right answer, it's how you respond to not knowing what to do. When you don't know what to do, respond in honesty and say, you know what, I don't know what to do, but I know who has the answer. Recognize and don't, don't be ashamed to admit your own vulnerability Paul talked about all the stuff he was going through, and somehow that gave him an audience and a credibility with those to whom he was speaking. Can I tell you something? There's a certain level of credibility that is only gained in the life of a believer through experience and how you handle adversity. It is not if adversity hits, it's when. That is not to preach bad news, it's just to tell you that in this world we will have tribulation, but we can be of good cheer, because in Christ we have overcome the world. Amen? Then we talked about allowing people to be close enough to where they can imitate an example, not to see you as the end all, but for them to see you and your dependency on the Lord and where the credit goes when you do see victories. We talked about the power of affirmation flowing, good morning pastor, out of the heart of God. We found out in Genesis 1:27 that when God created Adam and Eve, the first thing he did after he created them is he looked them right in the face. The word barak in Hebrew means he said, I absolutely adore you. 
the Creator saying to the creation, I adore you. Now, Lacey, you study the Bible, don't you? Did God know what Adam and Eve were about to do? Did he know they were about to sell out? Did he know it? And yet when he created them, he looked them right in the eye and he said, I adore you. We talked about Abraham. How God said to Abraham, I will bless you and make you great and I will bless those who bless you. God's going to bless those who bless you. You're a part of the Abrahamic covenant. Now, Otis, you study your Bible, don't you? Did, Abra did God know that Abraham was going to make a mistake 12 years later and birth an Ishmael? Did he know it? But he blessed him anyway, did he not? God brought a little shepherd boy out of the pasture to stand before Jesse the prophet, and he said, Behold, the, the Lord's anointing is at hand. Arise, put the flask of oil over his head and anoint him. He will be the next king of Israel. Bill, did God know that David was going to make an absolute mess of his family? Now let's look here at Matthew 16. On this occasion, a whole bunch of people were giving all kinds of input to the disciples about who they thought the Lord was. In verse 13 of chapter 15, I'm sorry, chapter 16 of Matthew. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who's everybody saying that I am? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said to him that you are the Christ. You know what the word Christ means? The, T, capital T-H-E, the anointed one. The prophets say that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. Breaks the yoke of what? Anxiety and fear and poverty and sickness and lack and everything that rises up through sin. You are the anointed one, Peter said, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, human reason has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven has given you the revelation that I am the anointed one. And I also say to you that you are now Peter. P-E-T-R-A. Petra. Coming from the word Petras. Petras means boulder. An immovable rock. Jesus said, I am now saying to you, you are rock. And on this bedrock, the bedrock of the revelation that I am the anointed one, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell and death 
shall not prevail against it. Besides that, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose or permit on earth will be loosed or permitted in heaven. Wait a minute now. I am changing your name today from Simon, son of John, to Petra, rock. 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 Jason, did the Lord not know what was fixing to happen to the rock? Now, in case you've forgotten, just go to the next chapter. Didn't take long. (laughs) After six days, Jesus took Rock, James, and John, his brother, and led them to a high mountain, and he was transfigured before them. And uh, the Lord sent Moses and Elijah out of heaven to speak with the anointed one, the Lord Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Do you ever get so overwhelmed with the special presence of the Lord that sometimes you think you ought to say something? (laughs) Have you ever been in a group where it got real silent and somehow you just felt like you you ought to say something? Get this picture. God Almighty transfigures the clothing of the Lord Jesus, His precious Son. Sends Moses and Elijah, who were heroes of the faith to these three guys. And when this sacred and holy scene takes place, Rock feels like he needs to say something. And all that could come out is, Sure is good to be here. (laughs) Notice God was not particularly pleased with that. God interrupted Rock's conversation. Before he could go on any further, he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. Turn to the right with me. Go to Matthew 26. Rock had just told the Lord, whatever it takes, I'm with you. I am with you. You don't believe me? I'll fight. I'll draw, I'll draw a sword and fight for you. How about that? At least one of the disciples carried a weapon into the garden. How about that? That's all I'm going to say about that. He threw that sword, cut off the ear. Jesus healed him, told him, don't do that. I could call 10,000 angels if I wanted to and deliver me from this hour. And so we go on into the night. In verse 69, now rock, 
also known as Peter, sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were the, with Jesus of Nazareth. Listen to this. Now, this is talking about rock. But he denied it before all of them and said, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth, verse 72, but again he, Peter, denied with an oath, saying, I swear I don't know this man. Verse 73, a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Rock, Surely you are one of those, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to let out all kinds of profanity and swear besides it and say, I do not know this man. Joe, did Jesus know that Rock was going to act that way? But he affirmed him anyway. And he said, not only are you Rock, I'm going to build my church on the revelation that you have. Are you all listening to me? God is going to bring people into your life to do the same thing that he does for you if you'll just listen to his word. He's going to bring people into your life for you to give the precious gift of affirmation who are not acting like they're deserving of it. But it has been given and bought and paid for by God himself. God's affirmation doesn't come on the basis of our performance. It comes on the basis of how He has chosen to see us. It is not on the basis of your choice. It's on the basis of His choice. And He has chosen you in Christ Jesus. We grow up in a world that says you will get affirmation if you do this. And if you do that. And if you perform or choose this. People are broken. There are people in this room today. Way down deep in your heart of hearts, you are still longing for the affirmation of a parent who never gave it to you. They've already gone to their grave and they never let you know how much they loved you and were proud of you. And subconsciously, you still seek that recognition, that affirmation, and it's not going to come through that vehicle. Why? Because you can't give what you don't have. One reason why your parents and those closest to you never gave you affirmation is because they never received it themselves. They can't give what they don't have. Forgive them. Let them off the hook. And just say the cycle stops with me, as we said two weeks ago. The cycle stops with me. I will be a carrier of the affirmation of the Lord. That value, the esteem, the trust, the recognition that I can give to somebody. 
Do you know that there are people right now in your circle? When you leave here today, there are people right now in your circle who the Lord wants you to manifest His affirmation to. You don't have to break out a gospel track and go over the plan. That'd be wonderful if the opportunity arose. But there are people that you are going to come in contact with who you will have the divine appointment to lead them to a new level of life. The power of affirmation. Are you daily asking, God, show me who you want. You say, I don't have any affirmation myself. Go to the Word of God and get it. It's full of it. God gave His most precious resource to leave heaven and be cruelly murdered to get you into his family you are valuable to him it doesn't have to do with how you're performing it has to do with his choice of you in jesus christ god give us revelation of it give us revelation of it Do you know the power of somebody letting you know that you're wanted, needed, that they believe in you? You say, what's the difference in flattery and affirmation? We said this before, flattery has the wrong motives. It is to achieve somebody else's desire. Affirmation is to build up the recipient. Our God is an affirmer. He's not a flatterer. He's an affirmer. Changes everything. Nine years ago, Brian had passed within a year. And nine years ago, this month, nine years ago, Physicians said to Dean and me, you got two 100% blocked coronary arteries and one 95% blocked. This is a miracle you even walking around, give or take. You're going to have to have your chest opened up and we're going to have to do some bypass surgery on you. Some of you are nodding your head, you know that's no fun. We went home that day, and on the way home, I secretly prayed, Lord, I'm done. This 18-year fight for Bryant's life, and now this, I, I'm done. I want to go home. And I don't want to tell Dina that I'm wanting to go home, but if you would just take me during this surgery tomorrow, it would sure be a blessing to me. I'm done. Are you listening to me? That night, this man and this woman came to my house, knocked on my door. I didn't expect that.
after we visited a little bit on the way to the car out in my yard he said Steve he looked me right in the eye we need you don't go anywhere are y'all listening to me something turned around in my spirit I got chill bumps Something turned around in my inner man right then. And I said, Lord Jesus. I'm going to cancel the request. (laughs) But I want you to make me better than new. Make me better than new. That was nine years ago. Hallelujah. I mean, that was nine years ago. And I know some of you said, a pastor's showing out. No, I'm giving glory to Jesus. And that's all. Can I tell you something? There's going to be somebody in your life who needs for you to say something as simple but as powerful as I believe in you. I need you. You are the best. You are going to succeed. You will get through this. You are precious to me. There are all kinds of things that the Holy Spirit, because He's the heart of the affirmer, will grant you, if you will just open your mouth in obedience, you will begin to make a difference. It's powerful. The power of affirmation can change anything. And I'll tell you what, Jeff, if it can cause a a pastor to want to stay instead of leave, it can change anything. Now I want you to turn with me in closing to Mark 16. I want to show you something beautiful here. After the crucifixion of Jesus, your outline says Mark 16, 17. That's wrong. I wrote it down wrong. It's Mark 16, 7. After the resurrection of Jesus, He appeared to Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salomon. And an angel spoke to them when they came and found the empty tomb. And I want you to see something. Verse 5, entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed with a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Now look at this next verse. Go tell his disciples and rock and Peter. And in the Greek that means and especially Peter. That he is going before you into Galilee. After the denial, after the shame, the brokenness, Peter was, he was absolutely miserable. 
So when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said, look, the angel said, you go tell the disciples and especially tell Peter he's coming to see them. Are y'all listening to me? Some of you have carried shame and guilt for your choices for years. Can I tell you something? Jesus is saying to you, you come to where I am. Yes, especially you. Especially you. I'm waiting for you. There is nothing that you have done that will separate me and you from walking together through the rest of your life. Especially Peter. Especially Peter. Especially Peter. And in John 21, we see an encounter Jesus had after the resurrection with Peter. We don't have time to go there, but Jesus said to him, Do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you 100% with all your heart, do you love me? Peter was afraid to use that word. He said, Lord, I phileo you. I'm very fond of you. you. You're the man. And Jesus said, Peter, do you absolutely, unconditionally love me? And Peter said, Lord, you're the best. I, I am so fond of you. There's nobody I'm more fond of. I phileo you. Jesus said, feed my lambs, tend my sheep. And then last, Jesus said, okay. He looked at him and he said, are you really fond of me? Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know, I'm, see, after the crucifixion when he said, nothing can separate us, I'd die for you if I had to. Now he's a little reticent to say, oh, I, I absolutely an unconditional love for you. So he did all he knew to do. And he said, I'm, I'm tremendously fond of you. And Jesus said, all right, feed my sheep. What's the significance of that? This man who had violated the name and the heart of God this man who absolutely denied he even knew who Jesus was with profanity and swearing. Jesus is giving him a new assignment. First of all, he lets him know that he still loves him the same. Can I tell you something? Not one of your choices has made the Lord love you any less. He has not diminished in his love for you one iota through any choice you've ever made. And if you will seek him with all your heart, even if you have been living in a realm of denial or embarrassment to the Lord, I got great news for you. If you'll come back and listen to the heart of God, he's got a new assignment for you. A new assignment. 
But never forget, you can't do the assignment until you get the affirmation. Find out who you are before you find out what you're supposed to do. If you start doing what you're supposed to do before you really get revelation of who you are, it's going to wear you out. But if you really begin to get revelation of who you are, it will energize you to do anything he assigns you to do. Do not see yourself through the lens of your own circumstances and situations. They will be good sometimes and bad sometimes. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you see yourself through the lens of how the Word of God says it is. Because that's not going to change. His Word says you are holy and righteous and blameless and loved and forgiven and accepted. Been made an heir and a joint heir. The Word of God says that God accepts you to the same degree that He accepts Jesus. Any distance there? No, I don't have anything to do with our choices. It has to do with His choice. God, give us revelation of the power of affirmation. Father, I pray for all of these today. I pray for a special spirit of affirmation in everybody here. That by your spirit, that through the truth that the lies and deceptions of our own circumstances, of our own minds would be broken. That the lies of the evil one who is a liar at his heart that all of that would be broken off of us and that we'd come to embrace how you really feel about us to a greater degree every day. I wonder today if there's somebody who would say, you know, Pastor, I believe that the Holy Spirit has been calling me to really receive the affirmation of the Lord. I'm crying out with my heart that I'll really begin to get it, that it'll become a clear revelation that I'm His daughter, I'm His son, that I may see Him the way He sees me. If you're here today and you're in need of a greater level of that affirmation, would you stand right where you are? Just say this with me, mighty God, I agree with your word that you're the master affirmer. Remove the yokes, break the burdens, change the lens of my inner man that I may believe and receive what your word says is mine give me greater revelation of your son in me that when you see me you see me in your son I'm accepted and beloved thank you Lord use me as an affirmer to those around me 
teach me how to speak those words of affirmation that will call others to a new level of reception of your love, your value. Use me as your instrument. I hereby forgive those who are close in my life who have not been carriers of affirmation. I release them. I realize you can only give what you have received. So I say to you, Lord, the cycle stops here. With me, I will be your vehicle of affirmation that flows out of your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we look forward to seeing you next week. We continue this. God bless you. We love you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.